0: The Queer Family Podcast, love is love is love on the Queer Family Podcast, love is love is love on the Queer Family Podcast, love is love is love on the Queer Family Podcast, love
1: is love. She had mentioned that she had seen the video of us talking about the different avenues of parenting and how we had said in that video, in an ideal world, we would love to do surrogacy. She then proceeded to tell us that, I guess, feels like it's her calling with God and
0: like her purpose in life. She said she always felt this way, that she basically always thought that she was going to be a surrogate. She just didn't know how, and she never had (sighs) that option or opportunity. So when this came up, it was like her calling that she was like, I have to do this. And so right then and there in the car, she was in the backseat, we were in the front, and she was like, I want to offer to be your surrogate.
2: Hello, 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 hello. Welcome to the Queer Family Podcast. My name is Jamie and I'm your host. And you folks are tuning into what we call the Queer Family Podcast Pride Extravaganza. What's that you ask? What's that? Well, the entire month of June, Pride Month, we are pushing out double the episodes. So instead of one episode a week, you're getting two beautiful, gorgeous episodes of Queer Family Goodness, one on Monday and one on Thursday. And they're all so good and before before I get into the business of today, I want to say a huge thank you to our newest patreon members. Are we ready for this Their names are Jennifer Pugh. Thank you Jennifer Elizabeth Bollinger Dix Thank you Elizabeth. I hope I said your name right Melanie, you didn't put your last name, so I'm not saying it but Melanie, you know who you are. Thank you so much and I'm looking at my list that's what I'm doing and Lexi Bramblett, Lexi, thank you, thank you all, thank you for joining my Patreon. Thank you for helping out; it really means the world to me. And I will get a little bit further into why it means so much to me in a little bit. But before we do that, I want to talk about the guests that are coming in for today. Well, that are we're going to roll the tape for today. I already interviewed them a while back. Eric and Adam McEwen, aka the McHusbands, on the social media. Oh my God, these two! This story. This story is going to give you the feels. This story is going to give you the feels. They have been vlogging about their path towards parenthood and beyond for quite some time now. And their story, y'all, surrogacy journey, feels like there was like divine intervention as a lot of times it does with these surrogacy journeys. And all I'm going to say is it involves a best friend and a sister-in-law. And you're going to hear their story in a second. Before we roll the tape, though, before I let Helen and Beulah begrudgingly roll this tape, you know, my fake assistants. I don't, I joke all the time um, that I have these fake assistants because I can't afford to have an assistant. But I wanted to talk about one thing and Helen and Beulah, they don't want me to talk about this because they don't like this person because this person actually works. But I'm going to tell you one thing. I joke all the time about how I don't have an assistant, but you know what? For the past couple of months, I actually have, I actually have. So I put up a post months ago saying I was looking for an intern. Well, a couple of people answered my call and I met this person, Nicole. Nicole has been working with me on the show. Nicole has become everything to me. My right-hand lady, my rock. I am so grateful that Nicole is here. So I do have an assistant right now. And Nicole is helping me get this podcast out to an even bigger and wider audience, which is our goal. And when when Nicole reached out, Nicole's way overqualified to work with me, way overqualified. I was like, oh my God, this is amazing, but I can't pay you. And she was like, I don't care. I want to help. I love this. I want to do something that means something. She really is one of the beautiful people of the world who are just good people. And I feel so grateful that I have met her. Um, and she was like, I don't care. So she's been working, you know, I don't just, just letting everyone know, I don't make any money on this either. I'm very upfront about this. I still have, (laughs) we're working on it. We're working towards monetization. We're getting closer. Things are starting to happen, but we're not there yet. So, but now I want to. Uh, first of all, I want to keep Nicole forever and ever. Amen. And I will do whatever I can to keep her forever and ever. Amen. So I want to pay Nicole. So I need to figure this. I need to find like a grant. Anybody know of any LGBTQ grants who that would like support like queer families asking for a friend, asking for a friend here who has a podcast? Or what about like a, an investor who like really wants to like invest in like a queer um, project that is changing the world <laughs> asking for a friend who, um, hosts a queer family podcast. Like I'm joking, but I'm not joking, but I am joking, but I'm not joking. Like we're getting there, but, um, I just want to take a second to highlight Nicole, Nicole, I love you girl. And I would be lost without you. So Helen and Beulah are really mad at me that I, I'm not even sure they're going to roll the tape when I tell them to, because I just really like lifted Nicole. Like, I'm sorry. They, she actually does work. I don't know what to tell you to. I really don't know. They're so mad at me. They're like about to go on a cigarette break and leave me forever. Oh, I could never, I don't ever want to lose Helen and Beulah. I can never let them go. I can never let them go. But okay. So that's my long way of, of saying I do have an assistant, but Helen and Beulah will still continue rolling the tape. I look over there like they're really there. There's nobody there. Okay, before we roll this tape, I just need to let you all know that if you really do love this content, please think about supporting the podcast on Patreon that gets one step closer to paying Nicole and keeping her forever and ever. Amen. You're just going to go to patreon.com slash the Queer Family Podcast. Find your tier that works for you. It starts at two books a month. You can pay for the whole year up front as well if that works best for you. There's all these options on there. So go there, find something that works and support us if you have something extra and you want to give back. And then I totally appreciate you forever and ever and ever. And then also, if you want to buy some Queer Family podcast merchandise and representful pride, y'all. Well, pride's almost over. I do realize it's the 29th. Oh, I didn't tell you this. I know. I realize it's June 29th, which means pride month is almost over, which means our pride extravaganza should be coming to a close. But let me tell you something. We have gotten so much positive feedback and so many positive responses and so many folks who wanted to come and be a part of it that we have decided to extend the extravaganza for one more week. So we have one more week, two more episodes after this one coming at you. Oh, my God. And these ones are good. They're just as good as the one I'm about to play. But I'm not going to tell you. I'm not telling you. You have to wait and see. But they're so good. (laughs) They're so good. And I can't wait to share those, too. But before we do that, we have to roll the tape with. Wait, did I tell you where to find our Queer Family Podcast merchandise? (laughs) You got to go to tpublic.com slash the Queer Family Podcast and get some merchandise over there. There's some really cool stuff, really cool designs. Go pick what you like and go get it. And now I need to roll this tape because I have mom brain and I'm all over the place. And you just need to hear the story of the McHusbands, how they came to be and what their beautiful, beautiful, beautiful path towards daddyhood was. So Helen and Beulah, please do me a favor, my loves. Helen and Beulah, Helen and Beulah. Oh man, I'm going to have to roll the tape myself today. (laughs) Okay, I'm going to roll the tape. I'm rolling the tape now. Enjoy. I love you all. I love you.
0: Queer Family
1: Podcast. Love is love.
2: Hi, Eric and Adam. Hi, Jay. Hello. (laughs) Hi, I have the McHusbands. The McHusbands of Instagram fame and all the fame. Y'all are famous and beautiful. And I am so excited to have you here on the Queer Family Podcast for the Queer Family Pride Extrap <laughs> we are so excited too. <laughs> Me too. So, all right, before we do anything, we just have to get, get one thing out of the way. Let's do your 30 second elevator pitch so the audience and the listeners can hear who you are and why you're here talking to the Queer Fam Squad. So I'm just going to do this. I'm going to put my 30 second timer up just to make you a little nervous, but don't worry, because okay. I will never cut you off. <laughs> and it's just fun. Okay. You're, na- you're biting nails, you're getting scared. So get you got you know what you're gonna say.
0: And there's two of us, so we don't get extra the time.
2: No, <laughs> but you you can go over, like I said. <laughs> don't worry. Okay. And I think that you you both kind of have the same mind anyway, because you've already like finished each other's sentences a little bit and said the same thing at the same time when we were conversing earlier. So I think I think you're gonna be good. Here we go. On your mark. Get set. Go.
0: Eric and Adam husbands, we started YouTube six years ago now I think almost seven seven mm-hmm. and we started our journey on YouTube because we were creating our family and at the time that we were creating our family seven years ago we could not find anybody that basically would oh my gosh it's already 20 seconds this is crazy and so we wanted to put our story and our journey out there so that other people could follow ours learn from us and find their way through it as well so that was our whole reason of putting it on YouTube and where we are now.
2: Boom. Booyah, Shaka. That was amazing. I can't wait to hear your story. I don't know your family building journey. I just watch you on Instagram and think you're just gorgeous and your kids are gorgeous and I love them. And That's I great. love that little video of your daughter getting her haircut. Oh, my God. That made my day so sweet.
0: Doing it, actually doing it and being there and not going to like a salon to do it and just having that intimate moment with her and... It was pretty awesome, to, yeah, to share that. oh my
2: god. It's, it, it was sweet. I think I did shed a tear when I watched it because you know, it's just beautiful.
0: It's freeing for her, yeah, to watch I'm that sure. moment of like being a parent and having those moments is pretty awesome.
2: Yeah, I know, isn't it? Isn't parenting awesome and also hard and terrible at the same time?:
1: <laughs> So many
0: things.
2: <laughs> so okay, your YouTube channel was started. The same reason this podcast was started because I couldn't find my story mirrored back to me and I wanted to hear it. And I started this five years ago. And when I was, I went went through infertility and I couldn't find my story. So that was like seven years ago where I was looking for other stories like mine. They're nowhere. They were nowhere. There are more now because of wonderful people like you and shows like this. So kudos to you. Good job for getting out there and being visible and
0: helping to change the world. It's really exciting to see, now how many families and couples are out there telling their story mm-hmm. and it's really exciting you know and people come to us those people who are now telling their story come to us and say oh my gosh you've inspired us to tell our story and it makes it all worth it mm-hmm.
2: oh it's so worth it it's so beautiful i want to hear your story so let's you know what let's take it all the way back let's take it back to the beginning with you two oh and then i want to hear like Your family building conversation, how did that start? Because as we know, as queer folks, we start talking about this way before we start the process because there are so many decisions to make even before we get to the the baby making part. You know what I mean? 100%. Yeah.
0: So we met almost 10 years ago now. And when we first started dating, uh, we met off of OkCupid dating website and (laughs) we just headed off right up. Like from the from the get go. And our second date, me being nine years older than Adam, Mm -hmm. I was a little more focused and a little more had an idea of where I was going in life. And our second date, I asked Adam, I said, Do you are do you want a family? Like are you interested in having a family? Because that at that point, nine years older, I was 34, he was twenty-five. I was kind of on that path. And so I wanted to make sure he was too. And he was hesitant at first, but I think ultimately he uh, saw the uh, saw what was in me and our future, and he caved. I guess you can say I don't know. the you potential. Can
1: yeah, well, because I think with my whole life growing up, I wasn't ever really around kids, and my career, I guess, I was uh, a pop star, so I did never envision that for my life. I think it's just kind of this thing where if you do music industry related things. It's like either that or family life. And you never feel like you can have both type of things. So that was never on my mind.
2: Mm-hmm. And it was, it's career, 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 right? Yeah. It's just career, career. Yeah, right. 100%. yeah.
1: And so Eric brought it up very, very early on in our dating process. And I could already tell that I was very much having feelings for this man. So mm-hmm. it's like, okay, okay. <laughs> and then eventually we, you know, became boyfriends, moved in and all that stuff. But it just felt Like, kind of just a natural progression, like, each step for us, I guess.
2: Because you knew you wanted to have kids, and that was never deterred by the fact that you were gay. Or, you know, some folks have a hard time, like, coming to terms. Like, they don't realize that it's even an option. But you always knew?
0: I mean, I always knew I wanted kids. I came to terms that I would never have kids. So that's... Mm -hmm. That's the difference there is I always wanted it, but I came to terms that I would never have it just because our lifestyle, how difficult it is, how expensive it is, especially surrogacy. You know, I thought about adoption as well. I'm like, okay, well, if surrogacy doesn't work out, then of course adoption is a way that we can go as well. But it was a struggle, definitely, to come to terms that I could not have kids and that journey Mm -hmm. and then finally realizing that it's a possibility and how exciting that was. So it wasn't easy. It wasn't like, let's have kids. Okay, great idea. Let's go. You know, it's, it's never that. Easy.
2: <laughs> you didn't just have a wild night one night and say, oh my God, <laughs> we're pregnant.
0: Like adopting a dog. <laughs> yeah, no.
2: <laughs> no, there's no accidents. There's no accidents in these interviews, no. unfortunately. No. But it's still beautiful. So then, so you fall in love. You know that kids are kind of on the table. And so where do you go from there?
1: Two years after our first date, we got married. And then it was probably a year and a half after we got married or maybe like a year and a couple months where we then started really diving deeper into the discussion of growing our family and children. We had gone over a lot of options.
0: It was him, Mm -hmm. actually, because I put it out to him. I said, I'm ready. You tell me when you're ready, because I know there's a big difference here in age. I want to make sure that you're comfortable. I want to make sure that you don't look back and be like, oh, I wish we would have waited. So it was kind right. of like, y- you need to tell me. And I remember you one night saying, I think I'm ready. And I was like, what? <laughs> like, I was <laughs> in <laughs> shock that he was ready. And so you know, coming off of a year just being married and him being... 26 i was like uh okay and a big smile came on my face and we're like let's let's discuss this and so that was kind of the the beginning of it of our discussion and then we did the whole research you know starting to research and starting to look for ways that we could and how can we go about it and we had a friend who went through adoption and so we hmm. kind of had them to look off of but they weren't putting their story out there. It was kind of like an internal thing that we would have to really dive deep with them. And so yeah. in our journey of trying to find something or someone that has enough information, we couldn't We couldn't find it anywhere. We found some blogs and some websites that were like, this was my journey and this is how I." but mm-hmm. nobody really walked through the process. Like, this is what you need to do first. Then this happens. Yep these are your choices this is how expensive it is this is like not nobody it was just i went through this process and here's my beautiful family now yep so, everything we yeah. found
1: was just fragments of the process but we wanted yeah. like a step-by-step i think especially me because i was so out of like child and family world mm-hmm. but i wanted like a step-by-step i wanted to know what to expect i i, I didn't want any surprises along the way type of thing and so mm-hmm. yeah everything we found it was just like poof i had a baby or poof my family like yeah. it wasn't just like
2: and you needed like a checklist you yeah. need a che- like you can't just google gay baby making and get a checklist and that's what we need
1: yeah and it's like it's such a big thing like you're bringing other people's lives into the world so it's like you i, yeah. I didn't want to take it lightly and so no. with, with yeah. our research, we didn't find anything. And so I think that's what really inspired us to be like, okay, well, I guess if we can't find a step-by-step of the journey documented, let's do that for ourselves and then for other people too.
0: And to have mm. that story documented for our future kid or kids, you know... They could look back and mm-hmm. see how they came to be, and the process that we went through, and all of this love yeah. that was put into this like journey that we were about to go on. Yeah. And we thought, how cool would that be?
2: And intentionality.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's like a
0: time capsule yeah.
1: that we just keep adding to, pretty much. That
0: yeah, we can look. It's back. so
2: beautiful. It's so, and I never actually thought about that. You know, we talk about the origin story all the time because as queer people, our families come to be in many different ways. And so it's really important that we're open and honest with our kids about their origin story. And we're always telling our kids their origin stories. But in your case, you have like, like you say, like this time capsule that just keeps adding and adding. So they have like the most amazing origin story in the world. Like that's so beautiful. Now I wish I had done that.
0: They come up to us when they're five now and they're like, we want to see our baby video. So Mm -hmm. they already know Mm -hmm. about it. They're already watching it. So it's, yeah, it's exciting. Yeah.
2: It's amazing. And it's nothing to hide. And it's just, it's intentional and beautiful. So where'd you go from there? You decide, all right, we're going to, we're going to document this. And what do you do? How does it, how does it go?
0: Yeah. So we, we, Dove in to a lot of different places. Gaze with kids was uh one mm-hmm. that really helped us back then. They were just starting. So we became friends with them pretty early on and really worked with them and figured out some stuff. So that was kind of like our first platform that we looked into. And then from there, you know, we just we started the adoption route. And that's where we thought we were going because we did not have the means to be able to go the surrogacy route.
2: Yeah. You're talking a hundred thousand dollars just to start with the surrogacy route.
0: Minimum. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then the fostering route, yeah. I think for us,
1: I don't know, was ever an option just because of the, the possibilities with foster of like the kids being taken away. Like I don't think I had the heart to be able to like mm-hmm. go through that, like mad respect to the parents that do go through that because you got to be strong in case something like that happens. And so that's why we yes. I think initially chose the adoption route. And so we had researched mm-hmm. all the local kind of adoption agencies around. And we had gone to, I believe, a sen- seminar of yep. an adoption agency.
0: Basically chose them.
1: Yeah. Out of
0: all the ones that we had researched. We put a deposit down, which is like uh, five grand or something like that. That You have to put a deposit. Oh, down. wow. That much? Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know. Oh, wow. And so mm-hmm. they they say, you know, you have up until this day, to get your full deposit back and pull out, and like if you change your mind or whatever. Otherwise, as time goes on, you get a percentage back or something like that. And so mm-hmm. at this point, we had done quite a few videos, and I
1: think there was one video that we made on for our YouTube channel that was uh, the pricing of each avenue for building your family. So we went over the pricing of like fostering, adoption, surrogacy, and we had talked about in this video. I think like in an ideal world, we would love to do surrogacy just to have the chance to have our dna you know and so i think we had gone on a family trip with eric's family to las vegas and so it was like his sister-in-law brother maybe both brothers like all their kids it was just like a whole whole crew and Uh it was there was one night that we were all going to dinner to cracker barrel Love Cracker Barrel. And so <laughs> I think
0: Eric's... We we tend to leave that part of the story out most of the time. Well, I love Cracker Barrel. So I'm going to shout it out. I, I love Cracker Barrel. I
2: love that it was a highlight of this story. <laughs> I actually love that you just dropped Cracker Barrel yeah, into, into yeah. the episode.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and so Eric's uh, sister-in-law had decided as we were like on our way, like, oh, let me just go with you guys in your car. And so it was Eric, me, and our sister-in-law. And so before we left, she was like, hey, I I just want to like talk to you about something.
2: I know where this is going. I know where this is going. Oh my God.
1: She had mentioned that she had seen the video of us talking about the different avenues of parenting and how we had said in that video, in an ideal world, we would love to do surrogacy. She then proceeded to tell us that I guess feels like it's her calling with God and like her purpose in life
0: she said she always felt this way that she basically always thought that she was going to be a surrogate she just didn't know how and she never had oh that god. option or opportunity so when this came up it was like her calling that she was like i have to do this and so oh right then god. and there in the car she was in the back seat we were in the front and she was like i want to offer to be your surrogate and i oh my god immediately started crying He, his mouth was like, his jaw was on the floor. I was like, uh, (laughs) and yeah, it was (laughs) an amazing, beautiful conversation that we had. I mean, my first question was, have you talked to my brother about this? (laughs) Like, Mm -hmm. right. Totally.
2: That was going to be my next question.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And of course they had, that was the day that Friday that she got in our car and told us about it at like 4 PM. That was the final day that we could retract our full refund. So at 430, oh at 4.30, I called the adoption agency and was like, I need to retract. We're have, we just need to think about this a little more. We may have another opportunity that we may go down, but at this time, we need to take back our deposit and we'll, we'll talk about continuing this in the future if our other path does not work.
2: Because you need that money so, for an egg donor now.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, we got a story on oh that too.
2: <laughs> oh my God. And she already had kids. Is she one of the ones that was one of the Okay. So she had already given birth and she was like, I want to pay it forward and I want to do this for you. Holy, surrogates are the best. They're just angels on earth.
1: And so after this conversation in the hotel parking lot, before we went to Cracker Barrel, we had to like kind of reevaluate everything because now we weren't going to go the adoption route. We were going to go the surrogacy route. So then we had to like just brainstorm between us, like okay, so we can either like go through an agency, which is like a lot of money, or is there Mm -hmm. anyone that we know that could possibly be open to being an egg donor? And so, you know, we like brainstormed all the people in our lives and like we have a ton of strong women as our besties. So we were just surrounded by Mm -hmm. a plethora of options, I suppose. (laughs) And eventually we had narrowed it down to our best friend, Julie. We eventually asked her. And so Julie... She never saw kids in her future. She always knew that she didn't want kids. And so she had kind of followed along our journey through YouTube. And we had approached her and asked her if she wanted to be our egg donor, which she then answered yes to. And so we, with that answer and with her, we wouldn't have to go through an agency or anything. So we, we it's like all kind of like kept in the family. We had our best friend as an egg donor and then our sister-in-law as our surrogate. And so,
2: what a beautiful! Oh my! Yeah,
0: Yeah. I keep
2: saying, "Oh my God!" I got. I need to find some something else to say.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And both of them offered to do it for no payment. So, so that was what allowed us to go that route.
2: It it just goes to show, like you never know unless you ask.
0: Oh yeah, and if you hadn't put that out there,
2: you might have gone a completely different route, and you might not even have kids at this point. You know what I'm saying? Like you know, the adoption route is a great route and it also can take time as well. And so,
1: well, and funnily enough, the whole adoption route, had we stuck with that, the adoption agency that we were going with and had put down into deposit for initially, they had closed down, I think, three months after. And so we would have lost wow. all of the money that we put in. Had we gone that route, Corinne, our surrogate, she had the, that conversation with us in November then we, a couple, maybe like a week or two later, I think we had approached Julie to be our egg donor. And then I think it was, we waited until after the holidays and it was in the new year that we had then started the process
0: with our egg donor. Yeah. Cause she had to go through the whole IVF mm-hmm. shots and.
2: Yeah. So did you use like a fertility clinic? You went to a fertility clinic and
0: San Diego Fertility Center. So mm-hmm. that was, uh, it's in San Diego and Carlsbad. And we had a couple places that we were going to choose from, but ultimately when we had our first conversation with Dr. Park is who we had there, it was, we knew right away we were yeah. like this is the place. I mean, Dr. Park was so warming and so warm and inviting and knowledgeable and open to any questions that we had. Any of our
1: <laughs> concerns or worries at ease, like she made us feel very comfortable. And so it was kind of a no brainer when we spoke with her that that would be where we chose to. Do this process,
2: And that's an important decision. And that is something that, you know, for queer folks, it's really it, that, that relationship is really important. And a lot of times these places will just slap on a pride flag on their, you know, on their artwork and really oh. haven't done any of the work to really know how to deal with the queer community when it comes to queer family building. So yeah. Yeah. that's, that's a big thing. Kudos
0: to them. And we learned through the process that a lot of people are like that who just say, but they don't actually do the research and behind it. So we have a couple of stories with that about, you know, along the way, you know, those people who we ran into that really didn't know what they were doing. And, you know, we had to educate them and, you know, it was really awesome to see that I'm being kind of, kind of cryptic about it, but basically the hospital that we went to uh, gave us tons of trouble and so in the end you know after they were born jumping to that really quickly i ended up going all the way up to the ceo because it was just the way that we were treated uh throughout the process was surprising and shocking so we changed their way of their education and so they brought in an entire uh, program to teach their doctors and their nurses about how to treat you know queer families that come in that are having families through surrogacy. So the way you talk mm-hmm. to them, the way you don't assume that there's a mom, the way like all these things that you don't think about, but mm. it's there. And then when you're mm-hmm. going through the process for a nurse to come up and be like, okay, you, okay, mom, okay, you're you're the mom to our surrogate, and Oof. it's just yeah, exactly. Like, it's a sensitive situation. Like people learning about that, you know, they they didn't know five, six years ago. And
2: yeah. And good for you. Good for you for not like getting mad and being like, screw them. But you actually, you know, went to the top and changed it. We were mad. (laughs) Well, of course, of course, (laughs) but but you, you, you created something good out of it, which is fantastic. And you're not the only queer couple I've spoken to who has done something similar with their clinic or their hospital. That's the thing. Like we're the ones who are having to change these systems and that's why yeah. visibility and representation really matter so much, right? Mm-hmm. Because if we're not showing up and doing these things, then their awareness is never raised or heightened or, you know, so good job.
0: Yeah, 100%.
2: But I want to hear more about that. But before we get to that, let's talk about just your journey to getting pregnant briefly. And just, you know, how did, how did it all go?
0: It was exciting. It was awesome, mainly because we had people involved that we love that we, you know, knew we're going to be in our lives past this point. And it was just this an awesome journey you know we my brother was there through a lot of it you know Julie was there who was our best friend so she got to witness all of it but we went through the process of the egg retrieval first with Julie it was in San Diego so we were driving back and forth a lot of the time and then we went to the implementation process which was amazing because my brother was there and we were there and it all kind of just felt like a family unit through the whole thing yeah yeah it was just a cool journey. And we didn't, we were very, very lucky that we did not have any hiccups along the way. We had a moment of scare when she ended up having a hematoma. And so she had a lot of bleeding. And so that was mm-hmm. within the first like month that we mm-hmm. knew that we were pregnant. Um, and so that was pretty scary. The best part was when we found out we were having twins. So yeah, I can imagine. So through the process, the retrieval and everything, uh, we ended up getting 22 eggs from Julie. 14 of them were viable Mm -hmm. out of 22. Holy moly. And so we decided to split it between between the two of us. So Adam got seven, I got seven. And so we went through that. And in the end, we ended up going through the PGS testing, which you can check the DNA and make sure that there's chromosomes and all that. that. At the end of that, we found out that I had five viable Mm -hmm. embryos and he had two viable embryos. And so Mm -hmm. we also get to find the sex of each of the embryos. And so Mm -hmm. this entire time we were like, okay, you've got brothers and your brother has a boy. Sorry, yeah. I've got two brothers. And between the two of them, they have five boys. And so mm-hmm. we were like, it's going to be boys. Like, they're all, they're mm-hmm. all going to come back. There's going to be boys. And I remember yeah. getting on the phone with the person from the clinic and she was like, are you ready for this? They are all, and I was like, boys, girls. And I was like, all seven were our
1: girls. And I remember coming home from work and you had already had the phone call and I came home from work. You were in the living room and I walked up to you and you were like, oh yeah, I like spoke to them and we found out all the results. And I was like, oh my gosh, don't tell me they're all boys. And he was like, no, nope, not quite. <laughs> they're all girls. I was like, what? I, like, I,
0: Yeah, <laughs> flabbergasted. Yeah.
2: Were you at all scared to have girls? How, <laughs> how did you all feel about you, now you know you're having girls?
0: <laughs> yeah, we... We thought we wanted boys. To be honest, like I think in just my head, because we we thought had it would be easier. Family.
1: Well, and I thought it'd be easier because we are boys. So I guess it was just this idea, like, oh, parenting will be so much easier if we have boys because we're boys. And but then, like, each kid is different. Each boy is different. Mm-hmm. Each girl is different. So you yeah. can't like that idea. We got a wake up call when we were like, <laughs> okay, that's that doesn't really matter. I know. Yeah. Yeah.
2: It's so funny how deeply ingrained that binary thinking is into our, even when we are living this, these open and free inclusive lives and gender doesn't matter. And gender is just a construct. And then you're like, wait a second, I'm having a boy. (laughs) It's just interesting.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's a societal thing, you know, and it's, it's Mm -hmm. not about us. It's about the people that they come into contact with too. So it's, you know, and the way that we deal with situations with boys and girls and yeah. And so after we learned that we were having girls we were like duh like of course we're having girls like that makes the most sense (laughs) to us
1: yeah once the idea like sat in my head i was like oh wait like i'm gonna be fine with girl like (laughs) i I, I was raised on the spice Girls, so i'm like all about girl power so i was like okay no this will be like easy breezy we'll be fine yeah yeah. but i think like like once the initial shot kind of wears down then you're like okay, this is what the universe chose for us. This is what is meant yeah. to be like.
2: You're like, oh yeah, that tracks. That tracks. Okay, <laughs> yeah. I see. I see. That tracks. Yeah. I get it. Okay.
0: Yeah, we can finally play with Barbies. Yeah. Right. Yeah, right. If they want the, you, now yeah. you
2: have an excuse yeah. to play with dolls.
0: I mean, if we had boys and they played with dolls too, we would encourage it anyway. <laughs> so it doesn't make a difference, <laughs> but.
2: <laughs> yeah, I know. It's so silly, these, this, the, the gender construct. Okay, so then did you each put one in? How, how'd you, what'd you do? What'd you do?
1: yeah so we took one of one of my two and one of Eric's five, and that was our first round after documenting our process and then following other families after we did our own, I learned that there was like a lot of couples that face a lot of hiccups and like have to do two rounds, three rounds, four rounds. So for us, we were exceptionally lucky because. A year after the conversation with our surrogate is when the girls were born. So it happened very, very fast. Like we had the conversation with her, and then a year later the girls were born. So it happened like crazy fast. So yeah. we had we had and no it took, real hiccups, and it, yeah, the first it thing took that, stuck, that first so time, both of them, and each start.
2: of your embryos stuck. Yep, and yep. it's like the dream situation. Boom, boom, yeah. boom. It's like divine intervention over here. We might have yeah. to name this yeah. episode "Divine Intervention" because. <laughs> Folks just came in from the woodwork to help and make this happen. Oh my God, it's
0: beautiful. It all really just came together. It was like yeah. right time, right place. like Right people. It was just yeah. you know, all the puzzle pieces fit.
1: And we were very, very lucky that they'd all fit in the first go round.
0: Yeah. And so that... The whole process of, you know, sister-in-law being pregnant and being able to be there at every single checkup. I mean, we drove down, you know, having her be only two hours away. We were thankful for that Mm -hmm. and for her to be able to allow us into the room every single time that they had she had a checkup, Mm -hmm. calling her, you know, just going over there and, like, putting your head to her belly and, like, little things like that that we were able to do Mm -hmm. that we may not have been able to do if we found a surrogate that lived in states. Yeah. You know, away from us, so
2: which happens for a lot of of couples, um,
0: and we know that, and so we knew that we were very, very lucky. and the fact that there were no hiccups along the way, you know, she went to term thirty eight weeks. She ended up having a planned a planned birth, and so we went in and she always wanted to do natural births. She didn't want to do c-section. So we mm-hmm. were like, okay. And so we went in and, Thanksgiving, the day of Thanksgiving uh, mm-hmm. in 2017 is when we went to the hospital. And the day after that they were born, we were able to take them home. It was crazy. We didn't have it. Yeah. Oh.
1: Within 24 hours, we were out of the hospital. Yeah, everything happened very yeah. fast,
0: including our surrogate. Yeah. Our surrogate didn't walk out of the hospital, but went out of the hospital with She rollerbladed us. out of the hospital. She, yeah. go. she got on her motorcycle. She was no.
2: She's like, I got to get to Cracker Barrel. Here I come.
1: <laughs> Cracker Barrel sponsor. Um, come on. I it's know. Seriously, let's bark, get so.
2: that for this. We're going to reach out to Cracker Barrel because they don't even know how many times we've mentioned them in this episode. <laughs>
0: <laughs> At least like a 20% um, off coupon or something. <laughs> something. <you> something. <laughs> dinner,
2: right? something. Oh my God. It's just so many things. Like for twins to leave the next day, that's amazing. Yeah. But I want to, let's talk, since you're in the hospital here, let's talk about kind of the mistreatment. And like, I want to hear a little bit more because sometimes we're in these situations and it's so shocking that we don't even realize we're being wronged. Do you know what I mean? Like sometimes... I don't want to say it's covert, but sometimes it's just like such a like, did that really just happen? And then you d- you don't process it and you don't realize it until much later. So what was going on for your situation?
0: It was kind of that way, to it, be honest. Because there's
1: so many other things that are on our minds that like things will right. pass us by because yeah. we're so focused on like about to have children. So
0: yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And the process leading up to the day of the birth, you know, there was those slip ups like where's the mom, who's the mom or things like that, like little side things that we kind of brushed off along the way and kind of was like, ha mm-hmm. they don't know. Or, but the day them being born, you know, Corinne went to her room and the girls went into the nursery and we walk into the nursery first time about to see the girls. And there's like this double door. So you walk in this first door and then there's like mm-hmm. a little section and then you walk into the nursery. So you walk into the first door and there's two people standing there. And she was like, we need a credit card. And we were like, I'm sorry, what? They're like, yeah, we're from the financial and we we need to collect uh, your overnight fee, which is $3,000 or $4,000. And I was like, what? what? I was like, we're about to go see our newly born kids for the, you know, almost for the first time. Like we held them, but then they, yeah. you know, took them to the nursery. We like, away. Mm-hmm. We're going into the nursery and you're like stopping us right now. And they had a piece of paper. They wanted a credit card right there. And so, in that moment, we were like, "Can you just give yeah. us a moment? Just give us a second. Let us, let us take like take a breather." And they're like, "Okay, but how long do you need?" And I was like, "I don't know, like a couple hours." I don't know. we to like,
2: see our babies. Like, like what are you talking about?
0: Anywhere. It's not like we're gonna grab our children and run <laughs> and be on the run. And you're not gonna get like your money. And plus. <laughs> We had been told because it was not for profit and because our surrogate, you know, we could use her insurance and that it wouldn't cost us anything. Like we went through everything. And so for yeah. them to come up and demand a payment of that much right then and there was quite shocking. Well, and so
1: we were just trying to celebrate this monumental thing that just happened for us. And it felt like we were being hounded for money and it was right. felt very like inappropriate timing. It was just like, it didn't feel like they were handling it the best way they could.
0: Yeah.
2: No, not at all. There's a billing department for a reason. They bill you later.
0: Who does this on the day of? Like most, even when I go to a doctor's appointment, they bill me later. Like they send me a bill later and you deal with it.
2: And then you're being kind of treated like, like, like you're trying to cheat the system or something.
0: Yeah, exactly.
2: And then it's so hard to realize that in the moment. And that's why I brought that up because it's like, wait, is this is this normal? And it's so hard to know. And you have so much on your mind, like you said.
0: Like our wallets were in the room with Corinne and we were going to see, like, it was, I'm like, well, I don't have my wallet. Like anyway. So we ended up going back to Corinne's house, just the two of us to grab the colostrum because we had gotten colostrum prior just to make sure that we had that there in case Corinne couldn't.
2: From Corinne?
0: The classroom was from uh, a donor that we had contacted through a Facebook group, actually. That's something I haven't heard before. Oh, yeah. We we had breast milk like lined up. Oh, we we had,
1: had a freezer full of breast milk in case anything
0: happened, yeah. Yeah, so we were, we were That's set. That's a great idea. Um, and so yeah. we had brought our classroom down from LA, put it at Corinne's house because we didn't know when the girls were born and we wanted to keep it fresh. And so we went back to her place, which was like 10 minutes away to pick up the claustrum and then come back to the hospital. And I kid you not, on our way back, we were gone for 15 minutes. We get a call from the hospital asking for money again. We were like, what? Cause they thought we had left and like taken off. And I'm like, our babies are still, still at the hospital. hospital. Why would what? we want oh my, What the? F- yeah, and so when we got back, they stopped us in the hallway and we gave them the money right then we're like just stop bugging us like here's my credit card just go away it took them that to finally go away and so after you know it all settled you know a week later i was on the call with kaiser and just uh oh did i say the name um and i (laughs) i wasn't gonna say the name (laughs) of the hospital but i guess i did
2: we can take it out if you want or we can leave it in
0: you can leave it in it's fine okay (laughs) because it's on our channel we have a whole video about it and then a follow-up video of what happened which um,
1: i think is one of the reasons why their policy started to change is because we made a couple of videos about it that got tens of thousands of views and made kind of a ruckus and got their attention thankfully because like these things should not be happening
2: no it's really it's really messed up and you just you're reminding me of Something that happened after, my wife gave birth to our first, our daughter. And when we got the birth certificate in the mail, I was listed as father, even though we had crossed it out and put mother. Then my name's Jamie, so it could be a guy's name, I suppose. So they put father. And we called them. And the woman on the phone was really rude. And we explained, she's actually the other mother, blah, blah, blah. And the woman said, are you married? And we were like, yes. Doesn't matter, by the way. It doesn't matter if we're married or not. Well, do you have a wedding certificate? Yes. Well, you have to send it in or we can't change anything. Why? Because that's how it works. You're so, like you have a newborn, you have so much going on. We didn't even realize how messed up that was until like six months later. We just sent the thing in. We were fine. Okay, fine. Just whatever. And to this day, it still angers me so much. And we didn't do anything about it. So, you know. Good job getting in there and
0: doing it. Well, it was, it stemmed from a conversation that I had with a woman while I was going through the process of getting our money back. And the woman on the phone called us you people in our conversation and they record all of, you know, the conversations. And so she was implying like, you gay people, like, yeah. And so when I took it a step further and like found the email of the CEO. I gave them the date. I gave them the time. I told them the person. I said go listen to the recording. I heard it with my own ears. But if you don't believe me, and they did. And the next day, I got a call from uh, the CEO's assistant, and she set up a whole meeting and everything with the CEO of Kaiser of the hospital. It felt liberating and good to mm. be able to acknowledge that, and for somebody to be like that was wrong, and we are sorry, yeah. and we are now going to implement. A structure to where people know how to talk and know what to do in this situation
2: good job
0: don't remain quiet i mean that's that's the lesson Speak i learned up. you know even though mm-hmm. it seems kind of not really something that you want to deal with. You know, I was just thinking of that next couple that came down the line that would have to deal with the same thing and it shouldn't, yeah. it shouldn't be. So, yeah.
2: so now there are five, you're living that life. Ooh, I have one, I have a question. Legal, you did legal stuff, right? You got everything. Did you, you went through a lawyer, you made sure there were contracts written up. Did you do that before the babies were born? Like just for folks who are, you know, the checklist thing, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. What was that process?
0: That was the first thing we did. Mm-hmm. Once Corinne mm-hmm. said, we can be your surrogate, I can be your surrogate, we contacted a lawyer immediately. Mm-hmm. And Corinne actually knew of another woman who went through the same thing. And so she had recommendation of a lawyer that she gave to us. So it was Corinne who actually recommended the lawyer, which was really great because with that process, you know, it's so good to have because it's just It protects everybody in the situation. Mm -hmm. And I highly recommend doing it prior to even going into the clinic the first time.
1: Yeah, we did it before Julie even started her egg donor process because we just wanted everyone to be protected. We didn't want anyone to get screwed over. We're all family. So we just wanted to make sure everything was put in place before anything even began just to have our bases covered.
2: Make sure you're all on the same page and then we can move forward.
0: And like we had to go through everything. So we went through like health checks. They went through health checks. We went through therapy sessions, including my brother as well as Corinne. And so we just, we wanted to make sure everybody knew what to expect, especially being family, you know, things can get very, very touchy really quick. And so we wanted yeah. to make sure everyone was on the same page. And yeah.
2: Yeah. And I think it's, a, that's important. That's an important thing to highlight and it's an important thing to do. Did you guys have to do second parent adoption?
0: We have not done that yet. How does it it work? It's It's confusing in our situation, but our lawyer recommended it and we know that we need to do it. We want to do it, but it's interesting because we have twins. One is related to one of us in the same DNA, but we don't know who, even though it's kind of obvious, but uh, (laughs) we didn't want to know. And so with the second parent adoption, we don't want to have that DNA test to go through that process because we were kind of like, oh, let's do the DNA and then keep it in an envelope for any time in the future. We need it for health reasons.
2: But in order to do that second parent adoption, you have to
0: know. It would mean that we would definitely have to know the DNA. So we've kind of held off on that and we haven't had an issue. I mean, we got passports for the girls. We went to Mexico with the girls. Or we were going to go to Mexico with the girls. We didn't. I was but like, we was did. Like, go we, to did. Mexico? Wow. we had planned <laughs> to, and then we we just we that
1: trip felt like how did, I, how did I
0: miss? In that? my mind, the trip still happened. <laughs> like, did I have
1: that many margaritas? I don't even remember
0: a trip.
2: <laughs> it's possible. It's possible. <laughs> yeah.
0: But yeah, we got passports.
2: That's another thing with our families. Like, it's the decision, okay? Because you're going on a lark here. You just you know, just you know, you never know, and so, but. Yeah. Your situation is really complicated because in order to do that, you really have to compromise on something that really matters to you. And it seems like there yeah. should be another way. It, sh- it seems like there should be another way.
0: See systems, systems need to change. We're waiting for that other way to come through. Like, mm-hmm. but, cause you know, if, if ever, you know, he's in a situation where he has both girls and I'm not there, you know, it's yeah. Even though both of our names are on the birth certificate, mm-hmm. it's strange because, Corinne, she wasn't on the birth certificate, but she had to be involved in the process as the person who gave the birth mom is what they call it, which I'm still like, Mm -hmm. kind of weird about that, because the word mom is still in there. So I still feel there's got to be a better term for that. Because the definition of a mother is a parent of a child. Like, that's it. Like, it's not, not anything more than that. And she's not the parent of the child. So I thought that was weird.
1: I do think in our defense with the whole uh, like second parent adoption, we definitely weren't expecting to raise kids in a pandemic, but that whole thing happened and kind of flipped the world upside down. And so ever since that started, I don't yeah. think that was really on my mind just because we have to now navigate a world that none of us are familiar with. So mm-hmm.
2: that put a wrench in everything too. Yeah.
1: The
2: The point I'm taking here, like my lesson here is that we still have a long way to go we have still a long way to go for full equality and inclusion because these systems are not built for our families and our unique situations. And that's not okay. But one brick at a time, here we go. Yeah. You know, knocking down knocking down those walls.
0: Keep moving forward. That's why you have to.
2: How's everything going now? I mean, your your babies look gorgeous and beautiful and you look like everything's going great. What's it like parenting to little twin girls
0: they are incredible they are completely opposite of one another there's definitely hardships and there's it's definitely not the easiest thing so putting that out there for sure there's new things Mm -hmm. that come in every day that you have to deal with um especially now that they're at school and now you have to deal with school issues that happen and you know we've Raised them in a pandemic world, and so they haven't really had a lot of outside connection to other kids, and you know what they know is just what we have taught them, pretty much. Um, mm-hmm. And so now that they're going to school and coming home, now that they're learning things from other kids and doing some stuff, we're like, okay, so this is this is parenting. Okay, great. It's been awesome as far as still having the support of our followers and you know people out there who still educate us because we that's the other great thing about having a platform is you're able to learn from other people even though you know they give their advice freely (laughs) and sometimes it could Mm -hmm. be you know not warranted but it's it's really awesome to be able to like pick and choose you know the information that you're getting and what you want to apply to the situation and we've learned a lot from our uh, community which is amazing and but the girls are They're so great. and
1: I think we've learned a lot from our girls and just being parents. I think you learn a lot about yourself and Mm -hmm. you grow a lot as a parent. And so, like, I just think it's just a whole new world was introduced to us when they were born and,
0: like, being Mm -hmm. a parent. And you just think about a lot more things now and the consequences of everything you do.
2: Mm -hmm. Your hearts
0: are outside of your body.
1: Because it's not just you that you're living for. It's like a whole unit.
0: From even like, do I go to the grocery store now or do I go when they're asleep? Like, do I take them or do I not? Like, it's even those small little, like you just- The grocery
2: store. Oh, it's always a thing. Man, <laughs> yeah, the grocery store with kids. It is not
0: It's not fun. Especially two of them. <laughs>
2: <sighs> oh, I know. I know. I have one more question. Before we wrap up, and I'm asking everybody in the queer family pride extravaganza, this question, what does pride mean to you?
1: The first thing that comes to my mind, what does pride mean to me would be family. Because we worked so hard to have what we have now as a family. And I'm so proud of us and I'm so proud of our kids. So I think like that pride and family really resonate together for me at least just because like it's it's a life i never expected to have but it's a life that is so much more fulfilling than the the life i had before like there's so many Mm -hmm. layers
0: and pride means something different now than it did before you know and it, Mm. it grows as you grow older i think it changes like the pride for the family now and you know having that and making sure that you know what the the world that they're going to live in is better than the world that you lived in Mm -hmm. um, and more Mm. understanding. So it's that you have to have pride for your family Mm -hmm. and that involves your chosen family as well. And I think, yeah. Yeah. And
1: I think before kids, I always associated pride with like just loving yourself, but then like once you have a family, it's all about like the love for yourself and others. And like, I don't know, it's just so much more than just you, I guess
2: can't hide your identity anymore when the kids are watching, right? Exactly. You have to be loud and proud no matter what, because you're trying to instill pride in them. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. Oh, I love that. I love that answer. Family. That's beautiful. I'm going to cry. All right. Tell everybody where they can find you and follow you and all the stuff. So everybody can get a glimpse into your beautiful life.
0: So we have a YouTube channel, McCusbins. We also are, are on TikTok and Instagram, McCusbins as well. Yeah. So reach out if anybody has any questions or they want to chat uh, about family. And if you're going through the same thing and you want to have a question that we didn't answer, like we're always open to helping others and that you know that's what we initially set out to do. So, yeah. yeah.
2: I love that. And my, my biggest takeaway here is you just never know until you ask.
0: I like that it's very true
2: keep that in mind you never know until you ask somebody might be at home thinking okay i'm gonna ask right now so there we go and, and it doesn't
0: hurt to ask yeah no it doesn't hurt right i remember asking julie about that and it was a scary moment like asking her to be our egg yeah because i didn't want it to change our relationship once because i wanted her to have the opportunity and feel comfortable saying no as well mm-hmm. it's difficult to ask but i
1: mean it hasn't changed anything she's literally in like the room next to us she's like staying a couple nights with us like so it's not changed oh, anything good. yeah
2: so you've kept well obviously their aunt is still in the picture because it's their aunt mm-hmm. right their surrogate yep. and then and you've kept close with egg donor too that's beautiful
1: mm-hmm. and she's aunt julie to our girls so they just have like all these ants that they adore yeah Oh,
2: I love that. Oh, well, thank you so much for coming and sharing your story. It's a really wonderful one. And I feel honored to have been able to speak to you. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you, Jamie, for having us. This is awesome. Yeah, this has been great. Yeah. I love this.
2: Oh, good. I love you guys. Queer Family Podcast. Well, folks, thank you so much for tuning into the Queer Family Podcast. I hope you enjoyed what you heard. And if you did enjoy what you heard, feel free to subscribe, rate, and review us anywhere you get your podcasts or watch your podcasts. All those things make a huge difference in getting this show out to an even bigger and wider audience. And in the name of visibility and inclusion, that's the goal here. So let's Let's share this far and wide, folks. Let's normalize our families. That's the whole point of this. Um, and if you really like what you hear and what you see, feel free to join me on Patreon. I have various tiers in my Patreon community that start at just 2 bucks a month. That's less than a cup of coffee. Come on, At least in, in the city of New York City, it is. You're going to get bonus content over there. You're going to get video episodes dropped a day early. Um, And even more crazy shenanigans of yours truly just trying to get her life together. And I'll tell you what, it's a monumental effort. I'm not going to lie. But you have to go to Patreon to see it. And also make sure to get that merchandise. It's time to represent. It's pride, y'all. And then every day is pride, as we know. So you're going to go to teapublic.com slash the Queer Family Podcast and get your merchandise. Like, wouldn't you want a little Queer Family Podcast mug to drink your morning coffee or tea in? Who wouldn't? Right? Who wouldn't? Go get that. And make sure you're following on all the socials. We are the Queer Family Podcast on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and YouTube, where you're going to get the video episodes. And they're so fun. And I'm literally looking at you right now and talking, which is kind of very fun for me. This is fun being on video, except for the fact that I feel like I have to try to look nice for y'all now, which I never did before. But you don't need to know any of that. Okay. All right. Thank you so much for tuning in. Keep on tuning in. Um, watch the next one if you're on YouTube, or listen to the net. Just keep on doing it and share it far and wide. I love you. Well, I'm gonna get out of your ears right now. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Tune in again and again. I'll see you soon. Love is
0: love is love on the queer family podcast. Love is love.